welcome to C-Store Technology Oracle, a podcast featuring discussions with experts about technology disruption and how it is impacting convenience stores today, as well as what's ahead for tomorrow. I'm your host, Erin Del Conte, Executive Editor with C-Store Decisions. Brought to you by FinTech, your one-source solution for beverage alcohol management. Alcohol is one of your core revenue generators, guaranteed to drive traffic into stores and increase the overall basket size per customer. Are you maximizing your beverage alcohol profits? Take control of your alcohol ordering process, automate payments, protect expected alcohol margins, and more with FinTech. See why 25,000 C-Stores rely on FinTech. Get started today with a free 30-day trial by heading to fintech.com slash C-Store Decisions. That's F-I-N-T-E-C-H dot com slash C-Store Decisions. We're here today with Mike Fogarty the owner and founder of Denver-based Choice Market. Choice opened in October 2017, and it's an omni-channel convenience store that combines the operating hours, transaction times, and store size of the traditional convenience store with the product selection of a natural grocery and fast casual restaurant. And as we talk about technology on this podcast, we're also going to be talking about what Choice is doing when it comes to looking into frictionless checkout and other technology. Hi, Mike. Hello, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks for joining us today. Sure thing. Uh, So Mike, as I understand it, you know, when you started Choice Market, you were inspired by small grocery stores that you encountered when you were spending some time living and studying in Europe. Can you share with us a little bit more about your background and how you came to start Choice Market? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think choice has really been a culmination of life experiences. Honestly, um, I grew up outside of Philadelphia, and there's a kind of modern convenience store uh, business called Wawa, which was which was a you know a, a kind of a cult following in the Mid Atlantic Philadelphia area, you know, and they were one of the first true innovators within the convenience store space with you know full deli and uh, you know kiosk ordering and open 24 hours and just a little bit step above, you know, your traditional C store. Um, so certainly that, that was an influence growing up. Um, and as you mentioned, I lived in Europe, uh, in, specifically in Barcelona for about eight months. And these small format grocery stores are on, you know, almost every other corner. I found myself going uh, to them almost every day and getting three or four things at a time and not like once on a Sunday type of shopping. And, and you know, as I, um, you know, I really enjoyed that style of shopping and felt that there was gap here in the U.S. market. Um, you know, fast forward 10 years later, uh, I'm working at a, at a large CPG company in, in the kind of better for you organic space. And, you know, we, we're trying to sell into some of these legacy C-store operators uh, and we're just struggling to find any footing there in terms of, you know, introducing you know, better for you organic natural products into that channel. Um, you know, so that was kind of the impetus, you know, where it's where it was like, well, if they're not going to do it or nobody's going to do it, you know, let's see 
let's let's really try to innovate on a uh, on on a vertical in an industry that hasn't seen much innovation in quite some time. So, you know, uh, we opened our first location choice uh, in downtown Denver in October 2017. Um, we just recently opened our second location and have two under construction as we speak, slated for this year. So, four total uh, locations, all all in, all in Denver. And, uh, yeah, you know, really it's a, it's a hybrid model between fast casual restaurant, small format natural grocery, and, and a convenience store, you know, in, in the site. And so uh, it, it is kind of a new model, and it's a hybrid model, but it's something that's you know, been growing. Uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of growth within our first store and, and, and think, it's, think it's a good fit for kind of today's urban millennial, basically. Great. And so you, you mentioned you're doing a lot when it comes to kind of that that uh, grocery food service piece. Can you talk to us more about how you're working to stand out and differentiate yourselves when it comes to that food service and particularly that restaurant quality fresh food? Yeah. And I think that truly is our differentiator versus, uh, you know, some other better for you convenience stores that are in the marketplace, as well as obviously the legacy folks. Um, you know, for us, we have a full scratch kitchen, uh, and you know we're cooking with products like organic produce and greens that are grown in an aeroponic farm about a quarter mile away. Um, all of our proteins are antibiotic-free, hormone-free. Uh, all of our breads are baked daily by local bakeries. Um, you know, so it, it truly is. We, we call it fine casual because you know really you are getting you know fine dining quality, um, but everything on the menu is basically fifteen dollars or less, um, and you know, so for us, that, that's the heartbeat of the, of, of the business and of the market. And, you know, what's nice is we're cooking with what we sell on the front of the house. So we, we pretty much get to zero waste because we're cooking with the same produce that we're selling on the front of the house, um, which traditionally has been a struggle for convenience stores and corner stores is to, to carry produce is tough because, you know, they can't really get through a full case of whatever. Um, before it spoils, whereas our model allows us to, to really utilize, um, you know, that product on both sides of the house. Uh, and so, um, yeah, you know, I think that model is, is pretty unique and differentiated. And, um, you know, I think for us, it's, it's, it's represents the prepared food represents upwards of 50% of, of our sales. So, you know, we're just as much a restaurant as we are market. So if I were to walk into a choice market tomorrow, what are some of the, the made-to-order meals that I could order at your store? Sure. Yeah, I mean, so we have, for breakfast, we have things like acai bowls, uh, you know, organic oatmeal. We have our uh, Colorado quinoa bowl with uh, sunny side egg, uh, wilted uh, shard, uh, and some red chimichurri. Um, you know, we have smoothies and and baked goods, obviously. Um, and then for lunch and dinner, we carry um, sandwiches, salads, bowls, uh, and smoothies as well. And, and so, you know, that's our core. And, and the bowls are very much oriented towards, you know, being a full meal. You get a base such as quinoa or lentils, and then you get a protein, uh, organic vegetable, and a sauce, all, all in the, like the twelve to fourteen dollar range. And again, using kind of some of those higher quality premium ingredients. So, um, you know, for us, it's it's a it's a big part of the business, and it's you know how people are eating today, right? You know, they don't they're not, uh, you know, typically at least our core customer. They may you know they may or not not have a car, 
uh, that they may have a family, but it's smaller than, you know, our, our, you know, uh, baby boomer generation where people are having less kids, they're driving less, you know, they're making more frequent stops at the store uh, and they're eating both prepared foods, increasingly prepared foods over cooking at home, you know, just because the convenience factor is there. So, um, you know, for us, I think we're, we're fitting into uh, this kind of urban format and doing something that other C stores and I would even argue grocery stores haven't been doing, uh, you know, which is really meeting the need of that kind of urban millennial. And it sounds like a lot of your offerings are very upscale, very uh, fresh and healthy as well. Yeah, I mean, we have, you know, we definitely have a lot of great healthy options, but we also have uh, an amazing fried chicken sandwich. And we also, mm-hmm. you know, so we, we have this careful balance between satiation, you know, satiating op- options, but also, you know, kind of the better for you, uh, healthier options. And, and that, you know, it goes to the name, right? Choice. We want people to have multiple options, but still premium, you know, so it's kind of a double entendre choice in terms of, you know, multiple options, but also choices in terms of food, especially it means premium. So, you know, we want to make sure that is uh, reflective in the menu. Mm-hmm. And I read that you recently overhauled your menu with help uh, from Eric Oberholster. Am Ober- I saying that? Oberholster, yeah. Founder of California yeah. restaurant chain Tender Greens. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and when that overhaul took place and, and what it entailed? Yeah, so, um, you know, Eric is on our advisory board and, uh, you know, grew the, grew the, the, the chain uh, Tender Greens to to a 30-unit chain and then continuing to grow. And he stepped out from the CEO role into, uh, uh, you know, more of a board role there. And, and since then has been helping other young brands get off their feet and helping them with, you know, regenerative agriculture and obviously more sustainable supply chain. And, you know, for us, we, you know, we had a, you know, a good menu, but I would say it was just a little bit too large. Uh, we had too many items and, you know, he helped really streamline it from an operations and COGS perspective, but, you know, uh, did less with more, I would say, you know, so now we have higher quality, lower quantity. Uh, we have a, a very clear, you know, food philosophy and food promise in terms of what we will and will not cook with. Uh, and, and just really honed in that our menu to be more efficient in, in the kitchen and everything, um, you know, so in general, um, you know, we, we reduced the total number of menu items, but, you know, in my eyes, really increased the quality uh, and have a really definitive food philosophy around, you know, only bringing in organic produce, only using antibiotic-free, hormone-free proteins, and really sticking to that promise. So, um, yeah, it's been great. And, you know, we've seen a, a, a large, you know, at first, when you make these changes, you have your core customers that get upset about, you know, maybe losing their favorite dish or whatever. But um, once they get to try some of the new dishes that, you know, we've, uh, um, we've been able to, 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 to gain back their business and then continue to grow our business with what we consider to be our core customer. Um, so yeah, it was, a that happened in, uh, last year in, uh, in the springtime. So, uh, and now we continue to rotate our, our menu basically three or three to four times a year based on the availability of, of our produce and, uh, you know, trying to keep things as hyper local as possible. 
Great. And, you know, beverage obviously is an offshoot of the whole food service component. You know, and we talk to a lot of different convenience store retailers that are, are trying new things with bean to cup coffee programs or I know on the West Coast, uh, kombucha on tap and things like that. What are you doing with beverages sure. at your stores? And are you doing any of those things I just mentioned? Yeah, we are. I mean, it, you know, that's uh, it's been core to our business is, you know, working with local coffee roasters, whether we you know, whether it's Denver or we expand into new markets, we'll 100% create a regional or hyper-local supply chain. And one of those key categories for us is, is coffee. So we've, we've always worked with a uh, high-quality uh, roaster locally here called Method Roasters, who's, you know, small, smaller roaster, but super high-quality. Uh, you know, in terms of kombucha, we have like 40 different SKUs of kombucha, and they also... <laughs> Uh, you know, we have uh, iced coffees and well, in some of our future locations, we'll have nitro coffee and kombucha on tap, uh, as well as some uh, juices that will be available for self-serve. Um, you know, we do our own private label cold-pressed juices. So, you know, for sure, beverages, single-serve beverages it will always be a big part of the C-Store mix. And for us, it's, it is a top-selling category on, within the retail side of the business. Uh, so we were always bringing in new sparkling waters, you know, uh, you know, we have, some, we have a CBD sparkling water that sells really awesome. Oh, wow. Um, so okay. yeah, you know, yeah, it's great. It's a, you can imagine basically LaCroix type beverage with uh, 10, 25 milligrams of CBD. Uh, and that's, that's a local company called Wellers here in Boulder. Uh, and they, you know, they, they fly off the shelf. So we're always looking for innovation within the, within the beverage space. Um, you know, um, yeah. Great. I'm so jealous of the kombucha on tap living in Chicago. I wish that more places out here by me would, would start doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great, it's a great category. And, and especially in Denver, you know, it sells like crazy. As I said, we have 40 different flavors and they all sell. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's good for your gut and it tastes good. It's low calorie, lower sugar. So, Awesome. Well, let's switch gears to store design. Um, tell me a bit about the look and feel of a choice market for our listeners who've never been inside of one. Yeah, sure. I mean, so we always knew that it, you know we wanted to create a destination and uh, and a design that was atypical of your you know traditional C store and even grocery store. You know, so w similar to our brand, if, which you know, and, and the logo, which is very simple, it's black and white box. You know, we wanted the interiors and the design to be reflective of that. So very minimalistic yet urban and modern. Uh, you know, and again, it probably pull, pulls a little bit from that kind of European, almost Scandinavian style with like you know, light woods and dark metals and uh, you know just concrete floors. So you know, very industrial urban uh but yet clean uh and and so um you know we really wanted to create a space that you know isn't your typical you know i, I would say when you go into like an organic or a natural food store it's always that those dark you know those those heavy woods and those a lot of green you know and uh, it feels very homey um you know we wanted to create something that was a little bit more unique and you know matches uh the the, the desires of our target market, which are, you know, typically living in urban environments. So we wanted that to be reflective of the design, um, you know, so uh, yeah, I mean, that's typically what you'll find. And, you know, with our set, our third and fourth locations, we had um, one of the top retail design firms, uh, Shoot Germain, 
help us with a, a, a format basically moving forward that will be, you know, that's you'll be very similar across um, all of our future units. So you'll see a slight change in, in some of the future locations, but it'll still be reminiscent of our, of our initial location. Um, yeah. And are all of your stores about the same square footage or do they vary and, and how many square feet do they tend to run? Yeah, they do vary. And, you know, that's part and parcel. We're testing out a few different formats, you know, like an urban format, a, um, that's, you know, that for our first location is about 2,500 square feet. Um, you know, our fourth location is in a high density, um, neighborhood, you know, so it's going to be more residential. So it's a little bit big. 2,500 is where we'll end up being to 4,000 at the highest is, or is kind of where we'll, we'll end up landing. Cause you know, for us, it's important to keep that square footage down. Cause as you get to larger square feet, you know, inherently you lose the convenience factor as you get bigger and bigger. So we want to make sure we really stay in that kind of, uh, those field goal posts. And do you offer any special sections or departments compared to a typical convenience store? For example, do you have special seating areas for food service? Yeah, yeah, we do. We, do. we have a small, you know, again, some of the, the future locations will have more seating, but yeah, we have about 15 seats. Uh, you know, we have things like our grab and go is all scratch made, you know, and we have over 40 different items, you know, so it's, uh, we have a soup station, a, you know, an empanada station, um, you know, so it, 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 there's, a, you know, uh, we have a whole CBD section uh, as well as obviously the produce side. We have 30 to 40 skews of organic produce, raw proteins, um, you know, so that's where you're, you'll see it tilts more towards a grocery store than a C store in, in a lot of the sections that, you know, you wouldn't normally find raw antibiotic-free chicken breast at, a, at a, any C store. Um, so we're, we're kind of crossing over multiple models and, and definitely have some sections that you wouldn't find at a regular C-store. Awesome. And so you are also debuting a second generation design for your store. Tell me more about what that's going to entail. Um, yeah. So um, the our, our third location is going to be, as I said, we work with a retail design firm um, and, you know, design this new format which will have uh supercharging we'll have fuel they'll have a uh, hopefully bike share if we can make it work uh as well as um you know a, a full new interior layout with uh, a new kiosks and kiosk design and and just overall customer experience um you know that's one of the big uh things we're working on is a full digital transformation for our app, e-commerce website, and in-store kiosk will all have the same experience and allow folks to retain loyalty regardless of which channel they're interacting with choice. So that's a huge project for us and it'll be, uh, it'll launch with that, that third location, which we're hoping will be like April, May of this upcoming year. So, you know, it's really looking at the C-Store um, holistically, not just kind of this urban format, but you know, how is mobility going to change over the next five to 10 years? Well, it's certainly going to move towards electric, uh, you know, and so how does the C-Store pivot to be what it is today, which is, you know, it takes you roughly five minutes to fuel up a car. Well, you know, in in, in future state, you know, it's going to take 20 to 30 minutes to, to fully charge a car. So you have to offer uh, experience, you have to offer a product selection and a 
you know, uh, and a design that, that people want to hang out in and they want to spend 20 minutes, you know, whether grabbing a meal or grabbing some groceries or hanging out on Wi-Fi, you know, it really has to change because it's coming and it's not a matter if, it's just when. And I think for a lot of uh, the current C-Store, um, you know, operators, it's, you know, uh, I think a little bit farther out than they really, than, than it really is, at least in my opinion, you know, and for everything I can tell is that it's, the electrification and the transition to the electric is going to, it's going to happen very rapidly. Um, so we want to be kind of leading on that front because we feel, again, there hasn't been a lot of innovation in that space. So that's kind of our second generation, um, you know, format that we're working on. So electric vehicle charging, and you'd also talked about uh, kiosks in there as you were talking about moving toward this full digital transformation. And I understand you're also getting into vending machines. Can you talk to me about what you're planning to do with uh, with kiosks, if those are food kiosks or other kind of kiosks as well, and, and how vending machines play into that? Yeah, you know, so we're, we're partnering with a, a group uh, and creating this, again, true kind of omni-channel experience where we have the opportunity to do micro markets, vending machines, or fully unattended stores. Um, you know, both uh, you know, kind of like choice standalone stores, but also opportunities, whether it be in a in a hospital, for instance, or a large commercial office. Um, so, you know, this is something we haven't formally announced yet, but as a partnership with with a firm that that really does all those. It's all AI vision based technology that tracks um you know your your products and what you what you select whether it be from a vending machine or from one of these unattended stores etc so we, we have that which will help get us into these non-traditional channels as i said hotels or breweries airports hospitals you know these really high density um opportunities you know and and we want to have an option for anybody who's looking at you know providing fresh local food and you know what's more convenient than you know not even leaving your floor but still getting uh, a high quality meal well you know that's what that's what we see as a new era of convenience honestly um and so for for us uh you know that's you know basically ex expanding the number of channels we operate in but it's you know the core the core of it is still our our prepared food our grab and go our 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 a highly curated product uh, selection around snacks and things of that nature. So it, it, it's a good fit for us and it's a natural extension for us. Um, the kiosk in the store, for sure, that's a full redesign, again, of our of our platform so that, you know, uh, when you're ordering prepared foods or you want to, you know, check out, it's a self-checkout slash prepared food ordering kiosk that will be in all the stores, um, you know, and, and that's going to be fully re redesigned and mirror our e-commerce and app and everything that's going to launch with that third location as well as a new delivery platform so our uh you know we we do a lot of delivery as it is today um but we see an opportunity to really you know sh you know reduce our fees to improve customer loyalty and retention uh to increase the data that we have uh and, and ultimately provide a, a better experience and control that experience a little bit more um, you know, and most importantly, you offer the entire store for delivery, so including alcohol. So it's going to be a big deal for us, and it's you know we're going to be using electric vehicles that 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 charge at our superchargers, and you know so we're pretty excited about this new platform and 
it's going to be a highly efficient, um, low cost option, especially with, with the electric vehicles and everything. So, uh, you know, and, and granted, we're still going to work with the third parties and these delivery services, but, you know, we really want to uh, take care of that last mile and think that it's best to be controlled by a, a choice staff member versus a third party in general. Um, you know, because these services were primarily built for restaurants and, you know, we're carrying three to 4,000 SKUs. So it just, uh, it's not ne necessarily the best fit. So, um, yeah, you know, I think we got a, we got a lot coming here on the technology side in the next, you know, year um, plus. Um, but, you know, it, it really comes down to, you know, all the technology in the world. It's It's not about novelty. It's not about it's for us, it's, it's simply about making good food accessible and convenient as possible. Uh, and these technologies are helping enable that. Great. And, and you were talking about the, I just want to clarify a few things. You were talking about the delivery uh, platform. Is, is that going, and is, is that a proprietary delivery platform that you're talking about running? And is that starting with the third store or is that coming later in the year? Yeah, so it will be a fully custom platform. Uh, that we're building, we've already started building, uh, and we'll be launching with our fourth, uh, sorry, third location in, in May. And so uh, it's a fully white label app uh, or e-commerce website. Uh, you know, you can order our entire SKU selection there, um, and it's all managed by choice, you know, with real-time GPS updates and driver communication. Uh, and it's this on-demand model, right? So you're, you're, you know, it's not like traditional grocery delivery where it's like you're scheduling a two-hour window. Um, you know, for us, it's you're, you know, you're ordering, you're getting it in 45 minutes or less, typically. You know, and it's uh, a choice driver, and it's uh, you know a high-quality experience. And you know, again, it offers the entire uh, market, um, you know, available for delivery, including alcohol, which is going to be a game changer for 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 Denver. Will we'll for sure be the first retailer to be able to offer high quality, you know, groceries, prepared food, home and health, and and alcohol all in one convenient transaction, which, you know, we think is uh, really going to be a game changer. And are you doing anything right now with uh, either frictionless checkout or, or mobile checkout at your current stores? Yeah, well, I mean, the, yeah, so we... Not at our, I mean, our current stores, we do online ordering. You're able to order ahead. You're able to order delivery, but it's all different systems, and it's very disparate. So, you know, we want one unified customer experience, which is kind of step one for us, you know, really improving the base platform that customer experiences. Um, you know, step two and phase two for us, which, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have more information available public, uh, publicly in the next, you know, six months or so. But we will, we, you know, we partnered with this firm uh, who who will be our kind of core strategic partner on the tech side. So again, everything from uh, vending machines to unattended micro markets to full uh, vision self, you know, self checkout at at our existing kind of flagship locations. Um, you know, there'll be one singular partner that will help us across all those different platforms. And you know, with with frictionless, as as people know, it's quite costly and you just have to make sure it's a good fit you know at the end of the day we're not we're not in the business of just investing in technology just this you know pump up valuations or you know to to be like a novelty type thing like it has to have a real use case and, and solve a real problem and and for us it it actually does because 
we have, um, you know, this unique experience where, you know, the, a lot of our products don't have a UPC or a barcode, such as our produce and our bagels and our empanadas and even our coffee. Um, you know, so for us, the ability to check in once and then, you know, the cameras and systems do the rest just really uh, makes makes our, you know, our offer that much more convenient. You know, the most important thing in people's lives is their time. Uh, and, and so if we can continue to reduce that friction, reduce that stress, uh, we, we will. And, and so certainly frictionless is, is on our roadmap and we have a partner identified and, you know, we'll be announcing more about, like, I guess, what people consider to be true frictionless opportunity or experience, uh, you know, and, and it will be with our fourth location, which is um, the back half of next year. So Great. And uh, I, I know I've interviewed uh, Richard Crone from Crone Consulting a few times about, about MicroMarts yep. and this kind of move into uh, the MicroMart segment. And he has talked a lot about, you know, how hard it is to kind of retrofit that into an existing store. Um, and a big part of it is when you open a new store is cutting down your SKUs and uh, uh, kind of really going with that, uh, that food, leading with that food service segment. Can you talk yeah. a bit about what you're looking at as you look into this new kind of micromart concept in terms of your SKU count and, and um, you know, how you're going to position that in terms of the products that you're offering and how that's going to be a bit different than a, a current choice store? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I, you know, and I know Richard and we've spoken at length. He's a, he's a, you know, he's definitely the expert and leader in this field uh, and kind of this technology. Um, but overall, what's, you know, what's nice about these different channels and different formats that we're deploying is they're, they're based on the use case and the end customer, right? You know, so we have, we have some vending machines today in, in a, in a music venue, right? And, and, and obviously that experience and that customer is, has a very specific desire during, you know, the middle of a concert, they're not going to be typically, grabbing the veggies and hummus and, you know, a healthy meal that, that's microwavable, you know, they they want, you know, uh, uh, the jerky and the candy and, you know, maybe a sandwich or, you know, things of that nature that are uh, more uh, snack oriented or, you know, uh, that are meant for consumption immediately. So, um, you know, so certainly the, the skew mix for that versus an office building where you're, you know, you have workers that are there every day and they're, they they want a healthy lunch. They want snacks throughout the day. You know, they may be working late at a call center or something and, and have no other options. So, you know, certainly the SKU mix will, 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 will be hyper targeted on the use case and the customer. Uh, and what's nice with our product selection, we can go one way or the other, right? I mean, we have access, we have a robust supply chain, both of our own in-house prepared foods, but also uh better for you cpg items and, and we'll tailor the product selection based on the on on the customer really uh, and and apply the right format right you know a micro market makes a lot of sense in things like an airport uh and a super high density office building um but you know maybe something like vending machines are more appropriate for uh, a smaller office right that you know still wants the the fresh accessible food um, but you know, doesn't have the density of a of a of a large office building. So what's nice with this technology and these channels, we're able to to really create a solution for for these uh, customers. So 
And you've talked a bit, and uh, we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast as well, that you're taking an omni-channel approach uh, to choice marketing to this business. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about what that means and why that's important? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you hear it a lot. It's like a buzzword that, you know, uh, but, you know, for us, it was quintessential to the brand. Like from day one, we knew we wanted to have the option to, you know, give folks the option to order ahead, to order delivery, to uh, order through a kiosk in the store, uh, or they could just check out normally with cash. You know, it was important to f- provide multiple options. Again, kind of going back to the choice name, um, you know, so for us, we we know that our customer is evolving. You know, they're they're digitally enabled. They tend to order a lot, you know, quite frequently at home for delivery. But they also, you know, they're living and working in densely populated urban areas where, again, they may not, may or may not have a car. So proximity is really important in the walkability. Um, you know, so for us, this this idea of omni-channel was like truly quintessential to the brand, and I think it gives us a little bit of a leg up uh, versus legacy brands that are now trying to retrofit all their systems and business processes to fit uh, today's new era of, you know, uh, of omni-channel, right? You know, at the end of the day, um, especially with convenience, I think it's absolutely essential that the physical retail, uh, you know, units remains. I mean, people are still living their lives, you know, and I think everybody's hears about these ghost kitchens and these vir- virtual kitchens and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, you know, they're still real life people <laughs> they live in their life, taking their kids to soccer practice, you know, going to work. Uh, and if you look at the percentage of sales, you know, it's still in terms of food, most people are buying their food uh, in person, you know, and that's obviously continuing to grow, uh, you know, the e-commerce and the, you know, online ordering. But, um, you know, we, we want to make sure that we have the physical retail anchor that then helps support this kind of last mile distribution uh, for delivery, for pickup, et cetera. So, um, you know, for us, the omni-channel thing is it's really just looking at uh, various channels, whether it be the vending, the, the online ordering, the pickup, delivery, uh, you know, now getting into some of these unattended micro markets. Like we, we truly are creating a, a, an omni-channel multi-format, um, you know, business that, you know, meets our customer where they're at, right? Because that's convenience, right? You have to be close, you have to be accessible and open extended hours and have products that people want and need. And and as of late, or I mean, I guess for a longest period of time, you know, I think convenience stores were just known for being open, right? Not necessarily the products I want or need, um, but they're open, right? So they're convenient. Well, that's only one part of the puzzle. And so we we really want to create this kind of um, holistic omni-channel fresh food company that's you're really all about creating you know opportunities for good accessible clean food and in 2020 you have a new store opening in the april your third store in the april may timeline you've got a fourth store planned it sounds like for the the end of 2020 what else can we expect to see from choice market this year you know i think Again, the the brand new platform is going to be, you know, I think truly revolutionary, at least for our customers, to have one single uh, experience, whether it be on the app or on the website or on our kiosks, uh, and tied to one single loyalty program. So, you know, certainly the new loyalty program and the new digital experience is going to going to be one of the biggest initiatives for us next year, as well as 
the new delivery platform and growing that. So, you know, we have the two locations and this new platform uh, and continue to just, you know, innovate with, with cool, new, exciting food because there's so much going on in, in our space, whether it be the producers or uh, some of these, you know, uh, awesome vegan options that are coming online. So we, you know, we're going to continue to experiment with the menu and, you know, create these awesome seasonal dishes. And uh, yeah, you know, I think we, we have a, we have a jam packed year, <laughs> but you know, we've been, we've been uh, really, you know, we've, we've spent over the last two and a half years plus with our first location, really honing in what's working, what's not. And I think we have a pretty good idea of the model, you know, we're going to move forward with, and we're just excited to, you know, continue to, to grow and offer our customers new convenient ways to access you know, fresh, awesome food. So. Well, sounds great. It sounds like you have a really exciting year ahead. Thanks, Mike, for uh, for taking the time to talk to our listeners today. Yeah, sure thing. Thanks for thanks for having us.